Hi, family. This is Egypt, your host of Way Beyond Me, the power pod designed to break every barrier to enrich, enlighten, empower, and evolve you into greatness. Good evening. I hope this evening finds everybody safe and well. This is Egypt of Way Beyond Me. And I have another conversation that I would love to share with you. I have been reading the book of Esther and it dawned on me that you can find royalty in humility, but you can't always find humility in royalty. And that's obvious when you read some of the stories in the Bible about some of the kings. They were so arrogant. Some of them were so mean, like King Nebuchadnezzar and even King Saul with his, uh, before David, he was arrogant and got the big head. There's a few Kings in the Bible that just was not humble at all. Even though they was in royalty, there was no humility there, but you can find royalty in humility. When you're humble, that's royalty to me. And that leads me to thinking about when I read the book of Esther, how King uh, Ahasuerus, their names in the Bible is really challenging. King Ahasuerus, he was king of Persia and Media. And he had a beautiful wife named Vashti. And so he gave celebrations and parties for about six months, really. And then he gave like another seven day celebration for like inside the palace. The the other celebration he gave, the parties and um, like that, there was for his kingdom. And then he gave a smaller one for inside of his royal family. So while he was merry and happy and, you know, he was just loving his kingdom. He, he sent his chamberlains to call out to his wife, Vashti to come and get her. He just wanted to show because she was really pretty to look at. And he wanted to just show her off, you know, go get my wife's cause she fine and everything. So I want y'all to see, yeah, I got it going on with my wife. And so when they went to get her, she was like, no, I'm not coming. She refused. So this made him really like not only embarrassed, but it was like, really, you're not, you're not going to come. I want you to come. I'm giving a party. I'm in, I didn't say stay, but just come and meet and greet some of the people. But she refused. So he went to, um, King Hasaras, Ahasuerus. He got, um, some advice from his Chamberlain because he didn't really know what to do. His wife was very disobedient and very was not submissive at all. So they told him that you need to get rid of her because if you don't get rid of her, she said this is going to set an example of the other women. They're going to want to disobey their husband too and not be submissive. And then it's going to be a big mess and they're going to all, all follow uh, Vashti's uh example. So we don't want that in the kingdom, in your kingdom. So he was like, okay. So after a while he, you know, he sat and thought about what happened to his wife and how he got rid of her. And then I guess he seemed kind of lonely. So they came back and they said, well, look, why don't you, um, pick another, pick some version. We'll get some versions together from your kingdom. And you pick someone and pick another queen that was better than Vashti. And he, you know, it pleased him. He was like, okay, let's do that. So I'm going to read 
Esther chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. That'll let you know what happened in the Bible. Okay. Verse 8 says, So it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan, the palace, to the custody of Hege, that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Hagar, keeper of the women. Okay, I'm going to read verse 9 too. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her things for purification, which such things as belonged to her, and seven maidens, which were meet to to which were meet to be given to her out of the king's house, and he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. Now, Esther was a, a Jewish woman. She was a Hebrew and she was a Benjamite, just like her uncle Mordecai. Mordecai was her uncle. And even though they were from Jerusalem, they had got pushed out when, um, King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon had, you know, um, pushed him out and, um, took them out of their land. So they was in Persia and in me. And so they was under the Persian ruling. So they was just happened to be there. And so Mordecai was Esther's uncle and she took care of her because her parents were dead. So he took her as though that was his daughter. So he cared about her. So during the process of the King looking for another queen, it was all the virgins. So they, Esther was brought in also to be, you know, looked upon because she was a virgin. So that's when, you know, when I read the, just read the scripture and Hey, what's his name? Um, Hege, Hegaya, those, these names in the Bible, y'all forgive me, but I'm not pronouncing them right. He favored her because Esther was beautiful to look upon. She was beautiful and lovely. And, um, so the, the overseer of the women, he liked her more. So he gave her seven maids to take care of her. And he put her in the best place of the palace where the concubines and the virgins stay. And so to get her ready for purification, Now, purification is a 12 month process for the virgins before they even get to even pick the, get picked by the King. They have to be purified for 12 months, six months with frankincense and myrrh and oils and stuff. And then another six months with sweet spices and, um, more oils and just purification, keeping their hair nice, their skin up, their bodies right, keeping them fresh and clean, all the things that they had to do to purify themselves, to get themselves really perfected for the king. It took a whole year. So they just didn't come in from off the street and, oh, I get to see the king. No, they had to be there and they had to learn the etiquette. They had to learn royalty etiquette. And so in doing so, it took a whole year for the keeper of the woman to train them how to behave, what to do in front of the king, how to bow, how to present yourself, how to carry yourself in front of the king. So while that was happening, you know, then the king will get ready for them. So whenever he decided to call, then he will call whoever, whichever version he wants to, whichever one he decided to call in. To, to lay with her or to even talk to her or be with her, she was already ready. So I'm going to also read, um, Esther, let's see, also the second chapter of Esther, verse 15, 15 to 17. Okay. Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, 
the uncle of Mordecai who had taken her for his daughter was come to go into the king. She required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women appointed and Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken into King Ahasuerus and to his house royal in the 10th month, which is the month Tebeth in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women and he, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Bashti. And you see, she, she was so humble when they asked her, what did you want to take inside the palace, you know, to see the King's chamber? what do you want to take with you? Because they had an option to take anything they want. Maybe it's a nice outfit or what, whatever they wanted to take a piece of gold, piece of jewelry, whatever. She said, nothing, whatever the keeper of the woman, uh, Haggai, whatever you decide, that I should take in with me when I go see the king, you let me know because I, I don't require anything. That is humility. That is like humility because some of the girls were probably excited that they get to see the king and it's like, oh, I want to take this. I want to take that. I want to take this gold comb for my hair. I want to take a necklace. I want to take something to look pretty. I want to take some shoes. You know, you never know what they were wanting to take in with them. But Hester was, Esther was like, no, I don't. I don't require anything. Just whatever you feel I should take with me, I'll take with me. And because she was so humble, the king saw her and he favored her over all the other virgins because she was beautiful, gorgeous, and she was humble. It's beauty in being humble. It really, really is a meek and quiet spirit. And that leads me to a person that of our time, she's no longer with us, but she reminds me Esther reminds me, um, somewhat of princess Diana, princess Diana, everybody knows princess Diana. She was so humble and sweet. Um, they said she was humble, friendly, quiet. She was down to earth. And there's a, the, the word humility comes from a, a Latin word humilis, which means, uh, low and close to the ground. Like you're just low and it's humble. And it was, it was written that Diana was quiet. She had a meek spirit. Even when her husband Charles cheated on her with Camilla, even when he he didn't he clearly did not love Diana, but because of the politics of the royal family, he had to marry Diana. But he really loved Camilla, and he's with her now. Even he just messed with Camilla all in Diana's face, and she knew about it. She stayed humble. She was a humanitarian. She she um she was an AIDS advocate. Um, starving you know in Africa. I mean, she was really a woman of, uh, humility, a woman of substance, a woman of virtue and a woman of integrity. She really was. And the Bible speaks of being humble. He said, he, he lowers the proud people with a proud look. He puts down, he, he lowers you when you're proud and you're above yourself and he gives grace to the humble. And that's what like King Ahasuerus, when he saw Esther and saw how humble, not only was she humble, she was beautiful. And found favor in his eyes, found favor. And so I'll, there's a few scriptures. I'll call them out. First Peter three and four, first Timothy two and nine, Proverbs 31, 30, Titus three and two and numbers 12, three and Colossians three and 12. And I'm going to read 
Oh, James four and six says, but he, but God, he, he gives great, he gives more grace. Therefore it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And Colossians three twelve that I just saw, I'm, I'm reading, it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meek, and patience. And Philippians, sorry, not in Philippians, it's in Philippians, but I'm skipping over that one. Numbers 12 and three says, now the man Moses was very meek more than all people who were on the face of the earth. So in Moses's day, he was very, the Bible said he was very meek, humble, more than anybody in, in the face of the earth. So Moses was really, really humble. But at the end, he got frustrated when he smite the rock and God gave him something to do. And he did the opposite because the people were so murmuring and complaining and complaining and murmuring. And Moses got frustrated. So he came out of character and he didn't get to see the promised land, but he was meek. Titus three, two says to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle and show perfect courtesy towards all people. And that's what we should do. It's not always easy, but that's what the Bible wants us to do. First Timothy two and nine says, likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire. And I know that God does not mind us having braided hair and costly attire. And, but we have to be modest with it. Some, some people, they're so beautiful and they adorn themselves on the outside and they're so nasty on the inside. They're horrible. They, they have a bad attitude. They're proud. They're angry. They're arrogant, selfish. There's so many different negative characteristics of somebody, but you don't see that until you deal with them. But when you look at them at first sight, they're beautiful. They have all this hair braided and gold attire. And that's what the Bible means. It's like when you're on your outside, when your outside is the only thing that's beautiful, then it does, it, it makes no sense. And it's, it's no value it's, it's of no value when you're only beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're horrible and there's no substance there, you know? So, and you know, so it's like a uh, one more in first Peter. Yes. First Peter three and four says, but let your adorning be the hidden person of your heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very, very precious. And I know I read that first. I just read it again because I think that is so it says, let your adorning be hit the, the hidden person of your heart. So your, your humility, your adornment, your beauty, your royalty should all should come from your heart, from a meek and quiet spirit. And sometimes it's not easy to always show humility because people do get on your last nerve. People, sometimes people try you and sometimes Satan sends tests and sins. Um, sometimes God will test us with our patience and our humility. Sometimes we think we got it going on. Oh, I'm humble and all that. And God will send a situation. He will allow a situation to unfold and just to test your humility. But he says, come unto me, those who are heavy, learn, heavy laden and burdened, and I'll give you rest. He says to lay our yoke upon him and learn of him because he's meek and he's lowly at heart, and we will find rest in our soul. So if we give our woes and our cares and our worries and our frustrations and our anger and our 
bitterness, our selfishness, our aggravation, if we give it all to Jesus and talk to him about it, he said, lay your yoke upon him, give all that on him, put all that burden on him, because that's why he died on the cross for us to take all that burden off of us and learn of him, learn the meekness, learn the gentleness that he is, um, the, the patience, the compassion that he have for human beings. If we learn to do that, it's so much beauty in that. And like I said, you can't always find humility in royalty. So even if you're royalty, people get the big head, people show off because they got power. They get the big head, but you can always find royalty in humility. Even if you're not in a royal family, we really are because we are children of the kingdom, king of kings and lord of lords. So we are royalty. We are chosen generation. We, we, we are royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. So we have to be humble. And in, in that, when people see your humility, that's very attractive. There's beauty in that. But when you're, you're just low key, you're like, I'm not even going to let that person have that kind of power over me by getting me upset and getting me frustrated. Even if I am frustrated, that doesn't mean you have to show it or act upon it. You can feel what you feel because, I mean, we're human. You have to feel what you feel. But to act upon it, 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 it just doesn't do any, it doesn't do any good. Actually, it just gives the person more power over you. So we can just learn how to be humble. And I just wanted to share that because I thought that was so important. And as, as we go through these times, and these are tough times, people are desperate. People are frustrated. People are angry. Sometimes now some people are not working. So they're grouped together in the house. Um, they don't have any money, the children are home, something, you know, homeschooling and stuff. All that can be frustrating and aggravating. But if we just give out, give all that to Jesus and we just meditate on his word day and night and deal with everything in a calm and meek spirit, we have to learn from the book of Ruth. Ruth was like that. She was very low key, didn't require much. She worked. The woman, um, the virtuous woman was like that. Even a woman with the issue of blood, she wasn't boisterous and stuff. And she, she was humble. She, she crawled on, she crawled to Jesus to touch the hem of his garment. So we can just kind of practice being humble and practice just, it's just, he said, cast all our cares on him because he cared for us. Some people are just not worth getting all upset over. They're not. So I just wanted to share that. And I want to thank you for those who are watching. Thank you so much. If you want to subscribe to the channel, by all means, you're so welcome to do so. And so that way you can get notifications and you can just check and see what other conversations that God downloads in me. And those who are just listening, I appreciate you so much. Either way, whether you're watching or whether you're listening, I want to thank you so much for supporting me for, I just started this. So, I mean... If it helps one person, then my job is done, really. And I just want to just thank you for tuning in because you could be somewhere else. You can be listening to something else. So if you're listening to me right now, I really, really, really appreciate you. And I bless you. And I I want you to just stay safe. Have a blessed night. And uh, <laughs> that's all I have. Take care. so much for listening. Thank you. Now, if you found value in this content, 
please download, share, and bless someone else. And as always, it is my pleasure. I am so excited to share the next conversation with you. I value your time and I will not waste it. And I look forward to meeting you here next time on Way Beyond Me for life-changing information and inspiration.